listening to Rule the Galaxy, you are. Do or do not subscribe. Well, do. <laughs> hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans. You're not seeing somebody new if you're watching on YouTube right now. You're seeing Joe, the, the sunglasses tonight are in honor of Mr. Steve Glosson. But welcome to another episode of Rule the Galaxy, Chapter 118. We do have a special guest tonight, and we've got so much to talk about. Uh, but as always, feel free to follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter, Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com, just Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and on YouTube. We've been getting a lot more followers and subscribers and everything on YouTube. Thank you for doing that. Uh, hopefully you're watching them when you're not driving because uh, I've heard people doing that. So, you know, be, be safe while you're out there driving. Uh, listen to us in the car. Watch us when you're at home. But we're back. 118 episodes, Rule the Galaxy. And I'll give a quick little shout out. Yes, for those of you watching on YouTube right now, I'm wearing my Luke Skywalker X-Wing diff eyewear star wars sunglasses they are yellow and white i'll admit my wife has told me i look like somebody from the 70s my son said i look like a 70s porn coach i don't know what that's all about uh we've got we've got uh, alfie telling me i look like elton john but you know what they're star wars they're after luke skywalker and i'm going to wear them in honor of steve glosson tonight but enough of me because i've got a terrible voice Let's get rolling around, around to all of our great co-hosts. We've got three of our regular co-hosts and then one special guest. And I'll just whip it around the room. We'll start with D-Doc. How are you doing tonight, D-Doc? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, had a very long day of work today. A lot of madness happening. But I mean, I watched this episode of Boba Fett twice last night, actually, like rapid fire. I, I watched it. My buddies were like, you want to play Xbox? I'm like, sure. Played two games of Call of Duty. He's like, I'm my buddy's like, I'm going to watch it again. You want to group watch? He's like, I know you just watched it. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it again. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hyped to talk about this episode. Well, I'm hyped that you're here. And I tell you what, you've been having a good week or two of Twitter and TikTok and everything else going on. I've been really excited to see all the new followers, not only Star Wars stuff, but all the other things you do on the side with plumbing and house, you know, redoing and all that kind of stuff. So really cool stuff going on. So really, really happy for you. Thanks. Yeah. And, and you're rocking the new gear tonight, the new mic and, and headphones, right? Yeah, I think it's working. I'm still using my wife's work computer. I need no? to get, I need to get a computer for myself at one point here. I edit everything on my cell phone, but I'm getting there. You got I it. work no. with what I have. It looks great. It looks great. Hey, we'll switch around. We'll go to Mr. Nick Shesky, who, I think I was just told today I'm going to see him in a party like a week or, or so from now. So I'm hoping that's what I was told in a text message. So always a good time when I can get together with Mr. Nick Shesky. Welcome back, Nick. How are you? Oh, that's the best news that I've heard in a while. That is really <laughs> exciting. I didn't know that. Fantastic. Well, hey, I'm glad somebody else is scheduling our lives and they're working out together. Uh, I'm doing great. Glad to be on tonight. Uh, very excited to talk book, book of Boba Fett. Was bummed to miss last week when we talked about it, uh, but I was joking with our guest tonight. I had to go see Spider-Man uh, No Way Home before we jumped on tonight because I knew if I was the only person in this crew that hadn't seen it, I'd be in trouble. So I'm doing great. Ready for a good great show. I, now, Alfie and I have seen it. I know Adam's seen it. D-Doc has not. Uh, he's going to see it when? Tomorrow, D-Doc? 
Uh, yeah, that's the plan. But I got to say, Twitter has been very respectful. I have not seen any spoilers for this movie. And I'm like, I was so nervous about it. I'm like, I'm going to see something eventually. And people really haven't been posting them. So shockingly respectful. Like, Good. I was nervous, too. We were going to go see it the first week it came out. And then I have a kid and life changed and things happened. And man, I couldn't be more surprised going tonight. And I did like, if you're watching on YouTube, I did this face like four or five times and it was awesome it was good to not have it spoiled it it was good it was good and we're glad you're back and i know before the show you and i were talking and we'll talk about it more before we start in the book of boba fett talk but you've started into fallen star by claudia gray and the high republic that's the last one i've got to read and uh, i'm going to start it soon but so far you said it's going pretty good so that that's exciting the end of phase one of high republic so yeah, yeah. so cool. far so good I'm, I'm about an hour and a half into it and I've enjoyed it so far. I feel like when we first started High Republic, these were not characters that I was like in love with, probably because they were new. But now mm -hmm. I feel pumped and excited. Like when I hear, uh, you know, the Wookiee that they bring in, you're like, oh, I know him from previous books. You know, like oh, it's, yeah. it's building some affinity. Buriaga, right? That's right. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, hey, um, we've got my cousin, one of my other cousins, Nick's my cousin as well, but uh, my cousin Alfie Molinero is hopping on here with us. And of course, during the Book of Boba Fett thing, it's all about Alfie because the Book of Alfie and the Mandalorians and Boba Fett. But this is something I picked up last week with Alfie, uh, the Casca Reeves uh, black six inch series. Uh, we were out doing some Star Wars shopping. I grabbed that with him. He's already been posting on uh, Twitter some of the, the items he purchased last week. And they're already open, right, Alfie? That's right. They didn't last long. Nothing <laughs> lasts long in this house. That uh, shore trooper I found, I had to hide that just so it won't get opened. Oh, uh, yeah. That was the uh, carbonized shore yes. trooper? Oh, yeah. Vintage collection, yeah. Yeah, that was good stuff. Good stuff. You doing okay other than that? Everybody, well, you got a birthday party coming up tomorrow, right, for uh, Azalea? Yes, that's right. That's why I had to switch rooms real quick. My wife's blowing up balloons, so in the kitchens. Okay. But, yeah, we're getting uh, into party mode. Good, good. She'll be turning three, Right. Right. Rock on. For those of you who watch this on YouTube, you've seen Azalea pop in the screen. She is the biggest, biggest Star Wars fan I've ever seen at three years old. Hey, um, last but not least, our special guest who we love having on, and this guy always brings a great perspective to us, and he's right now showing some of his great Marvel and Spider-Man stuff behind him. The author, the Marvel and Star Wars author, Adam Bray. Adam, welcome back to Rule the Galaxy. Hey, thanks for having me again. No, no worries. No worries. How cold is it in Michigan right now? Uh, tonight, I think it's supposed to get down to one degree. <laughs> Go, he's wearing a beanie indoors. It's that cold. Yeah, it, it is that cold. I, I normally don't spend much time in this room during the winter. I haven't been in here since maybe August. So <laughs> I just come in to do the podcast because this part of the house just gets gets uncomfortably cold. Well, good to know, and we'll, we'll try to rush you through so you don't get frostbite or anything out there. What, what has been keeping you busy in Star Wars and Marvel and anything you're doing? What's been keeping you busy since last we spoke? Uh, well, this time of year around the holidays, it's uh, when I traditionally do uh, book signings at my local movie theaters. Um, so fortunately, there's, there's always 
Well, lately, Marvel movies uh, making premieres. We haven't had any Star Wars in a while and probably won't uh, for quite some time. So it's the Marvel movies that keep me going and just fun. I do these um, four-day weekends. I go in when the movie theater opens and I stay till uh, the last showing and just sit there all day for like four days in a row. Um, and, you know, often I'll see a movie at the end of the day. And it's just kind of my holiday tradition, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, you know what? It keeps you busy. I'm sure you get to interact with a lot of fans and, and sell some of your books and things like that. So that sounds really good. Um, you know, we, like I said, I want to buzz through some really quick things that, that went on or going on in the Star Wars universe real quick or things that I've heard. And then we'll just jump right into, you know, headfirst, right into Book of Boba Fett. Um, one, as, as we mentioned, I think everybody out there who's giving uh, High Republic a shot is excited because the end of phase one, like we talked about, uh, The Fallen Star with Claudia Gray as the author, that came out this week and um, seems to be doing very well. And I guess we're going to have some shockers in there, some, you know, who's going to make it through this and who's not. And uh, but so far, I've enjoyed the books. It's not like it's um you know, the original trilogy bringing the end of Star Wars, but it's in the Star Wars universe. They're tying some things in. And, and overall, I would say I've enjoyed them. And, uh, you know, let, let's see where it goes. Besides Nick, have any of the rest of you been reading any of the High Republic? Alfie? I read the first three books. Okay. Gotcha. Adam Let me Nope. take that back. I did not read the books. I listened to them. There we go. I, and I did not care for them at all, but like I've mentioned before, I cannot listen to things. So I've bought physical copies. I'm going to try to give them a fair shot. Okay. I, that, that's that's what they, they are. They are narrated by our very own Mark Thompson, they who are. does a fantastic job, Mark. And and I've seen it on Twitter. And I have the next time he's on here, I got to ask him about it as well, too. This isn't a spoiler by any means, but the tr the enunciation of Martian Row has been changed to Markion Yes. And I want to know, did you do that on purpose? Was that something that you just decided? I don't like saying Martian anymore. I'm going to be more cultured than that. And I'm going to say it the way that it was supposed to be. I have a lot of questions for him next time he's on. You know, you mentioned that today. I took a moment and I listened to the one year anniversary of the High Republic on StarWars.com. They did their live, you know, their show and it was now on YouTube. And they were saying Markion Row. And I thought, wait wait a minute that's that's different because they were saying martian row so you're exactly right good question to ask we'll see where that goes but you know i do like some of those bell zetafar uh stellan geos uh avar chris they've got some good Elzar Elzar man. Man. yeah they've got some great characters in there so let's see where this goes we'll give it a shot um another thing that i saw i don't know if you guys saw this or not and it was bouncing around twitter is kira going to get her own series have you guys seen this alfie i'll let you go with that okay i'm not saying that she's not and i'm not saying there's not any possibility because i think it's a pretty strong possibility that she's going to come back why wouldn't she she's a great character there's a real you know following on twitter and social media for a make solo too mm -hmm. but the originator of this you know i did the work today where this uh, rumor is coming from, that user has been banned from almost every Marvel 
uh, uh, sub on Reddit because of spreading disinformation. Well, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Alfie, I don't know enough about Reddit, but if you're getting banned on Reddit, that's a pretty, <laughs> yeah, a pretty like you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. If that's yeah, you've been correct. told enough times to please stop. Wow. Posting here. Okay. I guess I just take it really, you know, simple. I guess I'm one of those, I'm easy to do the clickbait, right? They just get the hook and they just take me along. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, Kira, let's see what this is well, about. And it's a it's a rumor that makes a lot of sense right now. You you know, you have three comic book series that are basically leading into this book of Boba Fett series, and she plays a major part in it. So Okay. Solo two, criminal underworld, Boba Fett, it all makes sense. Good, 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 good. Just tell you something though that's that's disappointing um, about all that uh, potentially is the the way publishing works for Star Wars is that um, you're only allowed to write make up new stories about material that they know for certain that they're not going to cover in movies or TV shows, live action or animation or anything of that matter. So the more they block out her character in these comic books or mm. anything else, the that means there's no plans to do anything with the actress for for at, at least for that window in the timeline so it makes the chances less and less likely of a solo spinoff with her in it oh adam that is so depressing is that <laughs> i did not know that that was true wow yeah man my mind is blown right now it's that that's something else i didn't know that. interesting the problem is they just they don't they don't want to they don't want to box the the directors and the you know the TV and movie people into a corner. Um, on the other hand, I'm not sure they would feel like they're boxed in a corner. I think they would just steamroller over anything in publishing rather than you know lose opportunities for stories. But then on the other flip side of that is the the publishing people and story group don't want to have to undo everything they've been right. doing. So that's they just kind of enact this. Lots of layers, lots of layers. I mean, you can only imagine we're, we're fans and we, we, we have all these thoughts and, and ideas. Think about the people who get paid to do this and, and where they've got to go and the hoops they've got to jump through to get it done up. So D-Doc, did you have something to say? I just saw you. I, I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday and I saw a picture of Kira and I scrolled past it so quick. I'm like, she better not be in that episode tonight. <laughs> I was thinking about it all day. I was like, I was like, did I just spoil something for myself? You know, but yeah, no, once again. Like I said, with Spider-Man and with Star Wars, no one's been saying anything. They've, everyone's been great. So good. I'd love to see her back, though. Good. Well, I, I, you know, I don't dabble into this rumor mill kind of thing too much because I get burnt too much, and and I usually rely on Alfie for this. But I, I, um, when I was posting one of our YouTube uh, shows up, and I, I saw something that said, you know, similar to yours or whatever, it was Star Wars Meg on YouTube. And I was like, oh, I'll go check this out. I mean, what, what do I have to lose, right? And they were, she was talking about 2022 with Star Wars. She is saying, this Star Wars Meg, so I'll give credit there on YouTube, um, that Andor is 12 episodes, but Andor season three will start filming in 2022 because they're thinking of taking the first six episodes, making it season one, 
holding back the next six episodes because there's so much coming out in 2022 that they're thinking of doing and or for six episodes, uh, the Kenobi series, uh, Bad Batch, which they're saying is going to be another 16 episodes or so, and Mandalorian season three, all by the time we get through to the end of December. So putting a 12 season or 12 episode and or would not work is what they were saying. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if any of you guys have heard that. And she said also to go along with that, that now they're looking to either bookend and start Kenobi on May 4th or end it on May 4th. So if it's a six episode season, uh, you know, one or the other, either have such a huge end finale that it needs to go on May 4th or starting it off on May 4th. She didn't have definites, but any, have you guys heard anything like this at all? Alfie, I see your hand up. Go ahead, man. I brought up the Andor on a older episode of our show. There's actually some um, pretty strong evidence to that. There was a trade publication for, uh, I can't remember. It's, it's like a, like a wall street journal for movies, basically. In you know, something really in the industry and it had listed what was shooting when and Andor season three was on there. Okay. Which doesn't make sense at the time because there's not been an Andor season two, but that right. kind of plays into that. Okay, good, good. Well, again, I, not, not trying to guess and know what's going on and it just all these machinations of putting all this together is just crazy. So Nick, did you have something? Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is, is, is I would be okay with that. Cause I do like dragging it out a little bit. I didn't get a chance to be on the show last week when we talked Boba and, and unfortunately I didn't get a chance to listen yet to last week's um, I would be okay with them splitting it as long as they pay it off. I mm-hmm. felt like with the first episode of Boba it was so short that it was so good, but it was so short by the, like, by the time it ended, I was like, Oh, I'm just getting into this. Like, I would hate for them to do that with Andor where it's like, you know, it's a 30 minute episode where you're like, just, you're just dipping your feet in. And then all of a sudden it like, it's over and it's done. It's like, guess what? You get to wait another year and a half till we release season two, which, oh, by the way, we've already finished and it's done. And it's just sitting on somebody's computer and we're waiting until the right time to, to drop it. That would be disappointing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's well, like, like Adam was talking about with the books. I mean, there's, there's so many things that people are doing right now at Lucasfilm and trying to put it in the right place and make it come out at the right time and make it all make sense to go along with the literature that's going along with it and the toys that are going along with it and everything else and marketing. I, I, you know what, it's something I really like to see from the inside because I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. What all's going on there and how much they've got to move things around. So uh, but it is exciting. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry, I'm curious, Adam, maybe maybe you know this too, because one of the things I've been thinking about with, <clears throat> so when Hawkeye wrapped up, and so Hawkeye finishes, we start uh, back in with Book of Boba right away. I had this thought the other day of, oh my gosh, I can't imagine being the person that's got to like map out when shows start, because now it's not like it's a Star Wars exclusive streaming service, but you have Marvel that's intertwined within that as well too uh i I guess the question i'm wondering too is like where does marvel play in with the release date of like what do you know about that's coming that could interfere with like and or because because the way they've done it they've done the wednesday and the friday release right Mm -hmm. 
Um, is there anything coming that's big enough that you would go, yeah, I could see how that could throw a wrench in something Star Wars because we don't want to oversaturate our streaming platform. Honestly, I haven't really been paying attention to um, what's coming up and when. Uh, so I don't even know what what's the next Marvel thing. There must be a Marvel thing coming right after this, isn't there? But I don't know what it is because I haven't advertised it. Yeah, I I don't remember the, what the next thing is on Marvel. Moon Knight. I know they had a She-Hulk, Moon Knight. Um, there were a, a whole list of things for Marvel, but because the schedule seems to be that there's always one thing right after. As soon as something ends, another thing begins. Except in a, we had a rare case that wasn't there. Bad was it? Bad Batch and Loki were going at the mm -hmm. same time, like a Wednesday, Friday, like you said. But other than that, it's when one thing ends, another thing begins. I've I've presumed that's partly because they they haven't had like you know i i'm not an avid watcher of streaming services i just don't find i i, I can't devote my attention to that I, i'm always doing something on my computer even if it's not productive and i i can't like when i was younger i would watch things and do things at the same time the older i get i find i can't i can't split my attention like that anymore so i'm not an avid watcher um so but i always hear that these other streaming services have lots and lots of new content that's going you know all at the same time and the complaint is that disney at most only ever has one new thing at a time. And so some people are getting bored and frustrated and don't understand how Disney makes money off of this. Um, but uh, so anyway, my understanding, just watching the pattern is that things are scheduled on Disney like that because they don't have enough things to overlap and go at the same time. So they just, they spread it out until they can build the infrastructure. And I think part of the, the big problem is getting enough Star Wars made, it seems. There doesn't seem to be any shortage of making Marvel content. They've, they had such, such a big studio and so many collaborators in place. Lucasfilm is a completely different story where they just starting from scratch and seem to have a really hard time, you know, getting the locomotive, you know, running at full speed. So I think right. Star Wars is kind of holding it up and keeping Disney from having more content for whatever reason. Yep. I, I would assume so as well. I mean, you've got, like you said, they Marvel was used to putting three movies out at a time, you know, in a year, Star Wars is not set up that way. Uh, Brand always talks about it. Um, you know, Alfie, we joke around. It, they're under the same umbrella right now, but they're not truly the same company, even though they're owned by the same company. They do things differently right. uh, than than one you know one versus the other. So, um, I be, last thing before we head into Boba Fett, and it's actually Boba Fett related. Uh, Joey sent me a text before the show, and he's watched Book of Boba Fett uh, episode two already a handful of times. So he said, "Hey." can't be on the show something I'd like you guys to hit on it's been confirmed that dave filoni is writing episode six of the book of boba fett uh he said are we feeling mando ahsoka clone wars tie-ins in that one that will be the episode before the finale um you know when filoni's involved it usually goes back to the filoni verse 
whether it is Ahsoka, whether it's Clone yeah. Wars or Rebels related, that this could open up a lot of different things. Any any ideas, thoughts, or guesses as to what could be wrapped into that? I mean, I know we're only going to be talking about episode two tonight, but episode six will be the last one before the finale. Any any thoughts from you guys on where that might be going with Dave Filoni in charge? Go ahead, D-Doc. I'll go. Um, I, I would love to see them uh, take advantage of having Tamora Morris in there and give us some clones in real life, honestly. Even if it's a flashback and they maybe do that de-aging style stuff to him. But I would love to see that. Like whether Even if it's just like him flashing back to like the cafeteria or something like that where, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really would like to see some clone troopers and maybe even some real clone armor that's like kind of my dream is to see clones that are not cgi <laughs> yeah. yeah i like that i like that adam nick or alfie any thoughts on the feloni episode six i think it's yeah, gonna be I, like I, a oh, go, go ahead adam oh okay adam oh sorry sorry i think there's a lag on my end i've got a the slow secondary internet connection this week um yeah, I, I I like his idea of um, the uh, the uh, clone armor since we've never seen that in live action. It was all CGI in the prequels, um, and that was that was actually something I I had I had a hard time believing that they didn't make any uh, physical clone armor. So when I was doing my stormtrooper book, I tried and tried and pried, and I couldn't get anybody to confirm that there was ever you know even just for like you know you know testing lighting or something there just nobody could confirm that there was a single pair of of real armor um so yeah that'd be cool to see and by the way i tried to interview uh tamara morrison for my stormtrooper book too but uh I, i think it was his agent i had emailed i can't remember but they said he he wasn't available so we missed out on him, but we tried. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, if it's Filoni uh, involved in writing, um, I'm going to predict we're going to see Captain Rex because um, we've we've seen Ahsoka. Um, so I don't I don't think we'll have a repeat, uh, you know, cameo until it's until it's her show. So I, I, I'm going I'm to put my money on seeing a, a Captain Rex in there. Okay. All right. So we've got clones. We've got Captain Rex, Nick, or Alfie. I'm looking for a Marvel mid credit scene type of thing at the end of the mm-hmm. series. The, uh, hey, we're going to need you to help us in our, you know, quest to retake Mandalore. We, you know, I need my war machine to my Captain America and Iron Man. But um, I would love to see the clones. I think the clones would make more sense than Ahsoka at this point. Um, I really would like to see Captain Rex in a live action Echo Hmm. with all the attachments and stuff. That would be pretty sweet. Interesting. Go ahead, Nick. I don't know about this, guys. I'm having a hard time imagining from how much of a secondary character Boba was during The Mandalorian. I'm wondering, like, if Dave Filoni is directing this one, do you see a secondary character from Mandalorian that's brought into it, like a, uh, like a, 
Oh, what's the Sasha Banks character? What does she play? Corsica Reeves. Kafka you know, Reeves, like, yep. like, do we see her come back or something like that? I think to see an Ahsoka would feel like a stretch. I feel like to see, you know, Luke Skywalker would definitely be a stretch. Like there's, there's part of me that wonders, do they know that we're expecting something like this? And are they kind of like, you know, we'll throw a loft cat at you, but you know, that's going to be about it. Like, you know, we don't, I'm with Alfie. Maybe I'm hoping that at the end of, this whole book of Boba thing, there's something that kind of whets your appetite to go like, Hey, make sure you come back for maybe it's Mandalorian season three, maybe it's something else, but I would be, I'm, I'm sitting here racking my brain going, who could show up that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Like even when we watched Mandalorian season two, I was like, it's gotta be Luke Skywalker, but I don't believe it's going to be, but it's gotta be Luke Skywalker, right? Like it couldn't be anybody else. I'm having a hard time with book of Boba wondering who could they bring in that's Unless it's somebody like totally obscure, which could be Dave Filoni, you know, some somebody totally obscure like IG88 shows up somehow resurrected from the dead, you know, and makes an appearance. But other than that, I I don't know if it'll be this show. I you know what? I'll just sit back and, and cross my fingers and and Filoni we trust and uh, he usually brings he usually brings a bombshell and we'll we'll see where it goes. But. You know, we, we've rambled on a handful of different topics. Go ahead, Adam. Oh, yeah. If I can add, I think uh, the Costa Reeves would be uh, really interesting, too, because I don't know if you guys have discussed it. She was asked on an interview, Sasha Banks, um, they were presuming that she would be in the next season. She said, no, I'm, I'm not in this season. And that seemed very bizarre to mm-hmm. me that um, they would make all the effort of having her in season two, you know, and she's a known name, you know, wrestler. Um, the, she just kind of use her as a throwaway. So I think it, it would make a lot of sense, you know, to get more for their money and actually give that character some weight by having her in this show because she hasn't been asked about this show i don't think um so and i was surprised how free with saying oh no i'm not in it um so yeah i think that'd be cool the other thing with luke um is uh there they actually just uh i don't know if it's been officially revealed or not but there's a toy in the, the kids line of toys that's got luke and grogu together with an x wing uh, and I thought that was odd, you know, to to actually produce a toy for that when they're they're such, you know, you know, last season and you know at the mm. very end. So that that makes me think: Are we gonna see them again? So to the the delete the end credit scene, I think that's an interesting possibility. Another little scene with them. I think it would be small, but it's possible. Okay, Alfie, do you have something before we head into? Yeah, just real quick. Two? To agree with Adam about the Costca Reeves character, it is really odd that she says she's not in Mandalorian season three when the guy who played is a wolf, wolf or fox, fox or something, wolf, yeah, something like that. He said you would learn why he wasn't in the last episode in the next season. Yeah, huh. so that really implies that he's going to be in the season three. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you you guys are you guys are bringing some good points there. I I did not know he had said that, but that's that's interesting. Yeah. I did hear that interview with with uh, Sasha Banks, and she said she wasn't in Mandalorian season three. But you're right; that doesn't mean she's not in this. So, um, Taylor, Taylor, you know, here we go. We got uh, Tribes of Tatooine, Boba Book of Boba Fett, Episode Two. Um, 
I'll just tell you guys, this was, you know, it was a longer episode. There were plenty of times we thought, okay, the, the episode's over. Uh, but nope, it went on to another section or segment. Um, I will say it had action. It had drama. It had uh, a, a train chase. I mean, any kind, anytime you can do a train uh, scene, that's a good thing. It had some weird flippy-dippy psychedelic scenes um all of the above and i loved every second of it i thought this was a great episode there was so much to take in um i'll i'll you know like i said i don't ever like to go uh step by step on this so if there's anything that you guys want to start with and hit on let's go and let's rock and roll it and then we'll just hit points at a time throughout the uh throughout the show any i will start with the beginning when when um Phoenix Chan is walking through with the, the guy from the Nightwind group under the big gate under, you know, in Jabba's palace. That was awesome. Just made, made me feel like it was Return of the Jedi all over again. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you guys take the floor. Anything that stood out to you that you want to hit on to start with, just point and let me know. Nick. You know what? You said at the beginning, it's a longer episode. And I know I talked to it a little bit, but the internal relief when I flipped it on on Wednesday and I saw that it was a 58 minute episode, I like breathed a sigh of relief for me. <laughs> the first episode was so good, but Alfie said it before, even in our text group, this is such a different show than the Mandalorian. And, and, and I almost needed yeah. more time to sit with it and go like, Oh, this is awesome. And, and this is really cool. And this is the trippiest, weirdest, like it's like we're doing drugs in the ta- in the Tatooine desert. Like that's what this is, and that's okay. Like I just need a minute to breathe with it, sit with it. That that to me was the first and foremost. I before I even watched it, I went, "This is going to be good." I know it right here. Yes, um, I, and I going back to another throwback. The the dropping of the Nightwing guy down into the Rancor pit was so well done, and it looked so aesthetically, uh, you know, pleasing to the eye to have the view from up top, what they were seeing, as well as his view down there. I thought that was well done. And I love the little one-liners that Phoenix Shan keeps having. She keeps just dropping little one-liners in. So just just great little back and forth with her and uh, Boba there. Uh, give me a next, the next one you want to talk about, another bullet point you guys want to hit. Ahead, I'll, I'll bring up uh i'll bring up from what twitter is telling me the female tuscan raider i mean she is freaking awesome because everyone's saying the one with the the, the yes. long black um like uh cloth is is female and i guess she's like the queen of that tribe alfie do you know that like do you think she's like the queen or something i don't know man this whole series has really changed the whole dynamic of tuscan raiders yeah <laughs> Um, I don't know what to think anymore about it, but I love every second of it. Well, and, and Brent brought it up last week. He felt like she was very much an Emphis Nest kind of character. And I started buying in on that. And then I will tell you, I did steal something. I listened to Rebel Force Radio today and some caller called in and said, I feel like that's Phoenix Shand in that outfit before she becomes Phoenix Shand. And I was like, what? That just blew me away. But I thought, man, how many different rabbit holes could we go down with that one character right there? I mean, I, I'm, I have no idea what to expect from, from that character when they, if they ever show their face or anything like that at all. 
but great character. Look forward to them making the 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 six inch black series of of that character right there for sure. <laughs> so yeah, tons of avenues we go. Nick, yeah. you know what, Joe? One of my favorite parts of this episode was when they go see the mayor of Mos Espa, yes. and they walk in, and and even the uh, you know again just a little different where you see Boba Fett's character really coming through, right where he goes. Who is it? You know, you know damn well who it is. You know, like stuff like that. Like I chuckle out loud because I go like, that's the Boba Fett that I've always known was there, yeah. but that you've just never really seen on screen because all you get is Darth Vader saying no disintegrations, right? But to actually see him come in, you go, you know damn well who it is. Like that to me is just such good writing. So awesome. It's very like spaghetti Western almost like just so fun to me. Did anybody else like the uh, the weird desk clerk at the mayor's office? I'm like, that seemed very weird. Um, so out of place. So out of place. Yeah. Like, is that 1975? Just a guy working at the front desk. And then you go right into there. And then to have that great uh, vocalizer or translator on the Athorian was was great. You could hear the small rumble of their voice and then right into the the translator. I mean, we'd seen it on, I think, Rebels. They'd done it on Star Wars Rebels with a character. Uh, yeah. But I thought that was really well done in there. I anybody thought on those, uh, how they brought the Nightwind person in front of the mayor and all of a sudden they shoot him down dead right there in front? Were they hiding the ties that were there or did they really want them out as a criminal? Any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Alfie. I really liked the whole scene between the mayor and Boba Fett, you know, it was a real uh, test of size between the two of them. Yeah, he can disintegrate the mayor, whatever, but the mayor's been in the game a long time. Yeah. So he's kind of talking out of the side of his mouth the whole time about, <laughs> I can kind of help you if you listen to me. You know, you're not going to yeah. trust me and I'm not going to trust you, but this is how the game works. Let me, let me shoot you the rules. And yeah, it was kind of odd for them to just drop that guy right in front of them. I, you know, again, a little display of this is what I could do. I, I could do this right now, right. but I don't want to. And then, uh, you, then to lead right into that scene with the huts. I mean, that how far have we come, you know, from the special editions to right. this moment right here? It that was breathtaking, Alfie. That was remarkable. one of my favorite parts especially where you get the huts in the clone wars that, you know, like you get zero, the hut, mm -hmm. it's just kind of insufferable sometimes. And to see these two twin huts together was yeah. so cool. And the, the, we'll, we'll get into more of it, but that to me might be my favorite part of this whole episode, watching just the political maneuvering. Maybe I'm a child of the prequels, whatever, but watching the political maneuvering of, you know, hut space and seeing these huts and then the muscle they bring in is just amazing. Well, as we, as we head to that, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I had not paid attention to Jennifer Beale's name of her character last week, but to find out it was Garza Whip, what a name, Garza Whip, and her place is called Garza's Sanctuary. Um, I loved all the old background characters from the original trilogy, just done up better throughout, throughout the cantina in there. They were so, so well done. And anytime you can add more Jennifer Beals, I say, let's go ahead and do that. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But uh, D-Doc, Adam, as we, get, as we get ready to go, talk about those huts and things related to that. 
anything so far in the episode that that catches your eye or that we haven't hit on do you guys want to hit uh well i like pikes um so <laughs> i was excited to uh see those aliens uh in here um i like that uh these are truer to the animated version than the one that we got in solo yeah. these, these are a little a little more accurate and we got to they pop the the mask off so we get to see underneath um still though they're they still don't they lack that exotic quality that they they have in the clone wars in the animated style they for my taste they've humanized them a little bit too much you know because they they've got i think they've got like three fingers or something right. i know their you know their fingers are different their leg anatomy is different their heads are bigger and animated so i i'd like to see them you know get get a little more um flamboyant in the design um i think part of that might be just a practical issue of having humans playing the character um it might be you know diff difficult to do that it's probably something you'd have to do in digital but um i like i like that they you know they did a second try at those and that droid um doing the the train was really cool to and to have yes. him jump out of the train and run away that was um that that was a lot of attention to detail that they didn't have to do i mean i'm sure it cost a lot of money to do that that extra um animation of him you know he could have just shot him and you know blew him up in there or pushed him aside or something but to add that little extra that was very you know authentic to something george lucas would have done you know, like like having that, um, I forget what those creatures are called, that toad thing, you know, burrow up and run off. Yeah. You know, when they're the Tuscans are all together. That was another little, you know, extra thing. I don't maybe that was the episode prior. I can't no, it was remember. this one. It was this one. Um, but I, I like yeah, I, I, I like these little extra things that they don't have to do, but they do that. That's something George did he had you know little extra shots you know before and after a scene of creatures you know doing stuff so it's it's cool to see that thrown in and for them to spend the budget on it and i i really felt like that droid who was driving the train um reminded me so much of either one of the pod racers or a mixture when it took off running yeah. it made me almost feel like uh um general grievous the way it ran off like it you know it had that feel of grievous when he get on all four so um mm -hmm. yeah no i'm I'm looking forward to i think the pikes coming in definitely plays into everywhere this is going with this um we we started talking about it a little bit d doc i i meant to hit you go ahead uh, we, we've kind of gone uh, around the room no i was just gonna even double up on what adam was talking about with that droid the animation of his hands turning those knobs and everything it's just like i was watching it and my my one buddy who's he's a star wars fan but he's not like Die hard live Star Wars fan. And I'm like, do you understand the budget they probably put into this? This is episode two. And like, this is what we're getting. Like, we're going to be in for so much. I'm like, you just got to ride. I know, I know episode one, you know, for like the person who likes Star Wars, maybe was didn't give you everything you wanted, you know, when you expect Boba Fett, you want to get all this action and everything. Right. But like, like you guys have said in the text, we're world building right now. 
And it's like, I, I I thought to myself last night, I'm like, I'm going to walk out of this series like with Tuscan Raiders being like one of my favorite freaking Star Wars like characters. And I, I always liked them, but right. just to see the detail they're putting into it, they're putting love into it. So I, I'm really excited about it. Well, I can't get their sound, you know, their, <laughs> that they make out of my head. Like I hear it nonstop after this show. <laughs> um. No, you're right. Once it's in there, it gets stuck. Um, so you guys talked about it. The twins, the twin huts have laid claim to Jabba's, um, you know, territory, business, what have you. Uh, again, like you said, going from the Star Wars special edition to this and seeing the difference of what the huts look like now and what they do artwork compared to then is huge. Um, I love that uh, Phoenix said, Hey, they're huts. We'd have to get permission to kill them. You know, she's already thinking, uh, you know, the next step, right? She seems to always want to kill and she's always mm -hmm. thinking about the next step. Um, and then I think one of the things, and I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm doing the feedback, I think my mic might be making some noise. I apologize. Um, but the, the black Kersantan, uh, the Wookiee, uh, that when he came around that corner and I had seen him in the comic because he had had interaction with Boba Fett. He'd had interaction with Dr. Afra. Um, seeing that, I thought exactly what we always talk about. Filoni and Favreau and that group always says, hey, we're, we're, we might not give you the A. We're, we're not going to put Jabba the Hutt, Darth Vader, and Luke Skywalker in every episode. But hey, here's, here's this. Here's some Huts. And oh, by the way, here's this cool bounty hunter that people in the comics have seen who's had interaction with that Vader, Dr. Afra, which makes me think, we might see her still in this, but you, you guys, before we get to the, um, before we get to the Tuscan part of the show, any last thoughts on that bounty hunter, the huts, anything like that? Nick, go first and Alvin. Alfie. That was one of the most fun parts for me. And again, I think it's the beauty of what they're doing with shows like Mandalorian and with Boba Fett, where they have a chance to pay off for the people that like, like us, right. That like watch, everything and read all the comics and buy stuff that we probably shouldn't buy. Like, like to pay that off and to show that and yet do it in a way where like, they didn't name him. Like, like the, no. if, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't name him. No. And if you're a casual star Wars fan, you watch it and you go, Whoa, cool. A tough looking bounty hunter Wookiee. That's cool. I don't know who that is. Yep. And like to be able to play both those fields to me is so fun. And it's like going to see like uh, like going to see the, uh, the Spider-Man movie tonight, right? Like there's so many little things that like if you've watched other movies, you're like, that's freaking awesome. And if you haven't, it's not a big deal because right. you still think it's awesome because it's cool. So I love any chance that they can do stuff like that. I think it's I think it's. Yep. Alfie, go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah. Just with this character, I had to stop and think, you know, this is what I love about this series so far. You know, we've got a new story. We've got original characters from the original trilogy. We're dropping in EU characters. We're paying homage to, you know, really obscure, deleted scenes from A yep. New Hope. Yep. And we're throwing in some Ralph McQuarrie concept art. Yep. I mean, <laughs> how much more can you pack into an episode? <laughs> and then they say, yeah. well... Hey, we're not done there. We're going to, you know, it, this is Oliver Stone's The Doors movie here. 
you know, we're going to take some mescaline <laughs> and go out in the desert. Uh, I, yes. I, I just, it's hard to believe how far we've come in Star Wars in the content that we're getting. Well, now, I, I really don't understand the hangups that people have when there is so much of this. I, I think we, as a group, took Brent's advice on this one and said, we're going to go in this with no expectations and just let it happen. And so everything's a surprise or everything seems to be like a good thing instead of having the expectation of what we should have. You know, originally when this was named as a possible movie, which I'm glad it's not a movie now, Boba Fett, I'm glad it's a, a, a series. I think we all agree with that. But, you know, you're thinking Boba Fett movie. Okay, I'm going to get two hours of him being a, a, a BA gunslinger bounty hunter, right? That's the movie. There you go. And here we are talking about exactly like you said, all these different things in a 50 plus minute second episode of a, of a series. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, was anybody else shocked when you saw a train scooting down the, the desert in Tatooine? I mean, I'm sitting there going, oh, is this a, you know, is this a crate dragon that they're all waiting for the first time? I'm like, they're going to go after a crate dragon. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, and then I'm like, is it a passenger train? And these people are just protecting against Tuscan Raiders. And then you figure it out. Okay. They wouldn't be this well-armed and they, they're doing something here. Right. So let, let's jump into the Tuscan Raider side of things. Uh, I loved the train. I loved the, the sign language. I loved how Boba had become part of the group. I also love the throwback of the funeral pyre, uh, like the Jawas in the New Hope with, with the you know, uh, Tuscan Raiders there. Adam, I definitely wanted you on this episode because as we get into the Tuscan side of things, I felt like with your background and seeing different cultures that you've seen and different traditions around the world, these traditions and culture things that are going on with the Raiders, Tuscan Raiders, I thought would fit very well into something where you could say, yeah, I mean, this makes sense. I mean, this is a, a band of people that, that are so strictly relying on each other out in the desert, right? So I'll just open up the floor. Any of the stuff with the Tuscan era, uh, Alfie, you hit on, you know, we can talk about Tashi, uh, Tashi Station, Cami uh, and Fixer, whatever, but floor's open. Hit me with one of your best shots, guys, Pat Benatar style here of the Tuscan part of things. Alfie, start us. The train scene really, just like Adam was saying earlier about the little details with the creatures being something that George Lucas would would want, would do. The first episode, and then especially this train sequence, was just like ripped right out of Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. And that is such a George Lucas-like influence to pay homage to that just really hit me because it's just like these guys know where star wars came from i like it i like it d doc adam nick go ahead d doc did it uh crush anyone else's souls when you saw the banthas get taken out <laughs> with those first shots yeah. i was yes. just like no <laughs> yeah like because I think they had, it, it was funny because from watching it with my buddy the second time last night, he had the reaction I had. When it's coming in, you're looking at it and you're like, that's some kind of sand creature coming in. It's got to be. And then next thing you know, boom, shots are fired. Tuscans start getting taken out. Banthas are getting hit. 
let's go hide behind this freaking dead bantha and like you know boba's like what the hell is going on it was like really intense honestly yeah. it was kind of like a surprise situation agreed nick sorry you know what one of my favorite parts of the tuscan uh storyline was when he has this psychedelic moment the lizard jumps in his nose you know which we can unpack all of that but he goes and he finds this piece of wood yeah and they build the gaffy stick for him to me that was like how are you taking you know these creatures that when you watch the original trilogy mm -hmm. they're like the bane of your existence and yet you're now you're humanizing even if you watch the prequels right like yeah. you hate the tuscan raiders you like you watch anakin kill them and you're like well, they had it coming because you killed the wife or you killed the mom of, right. you know, the most powerful Jedi ever. But then they take it and they build up these deep characters that have all this history of building out the gaffy stick and how you do it. And to me, that was one of the coolest moments. It was like we've talked about it with the Mandalorian, like these montage scenes where you see them like repairing the razor crest or, you know, doing something like that. And to me, I thought it was just another brilliant cool buy-in scene now that you've watched mandalorian season two and you watch boba fett i think it's in episode six of of season two just destroy stormtroopers with that and he's like smashing their helmets into pieces and you're like oh he made that out of some sort of sacred ceremony with the tuscans to me it's just like it's like the last samurai if you've seen that movie with tom cruise where it's like we're adopted into this culture that yeah. was my enemy and now they've taken me in and now we're building samurai swords, like all this stuff. I just think it's, I think it's genius of them to do this. You, you take that and then you throw in Ralph McQuarrie concept art where they're basically saying, hey, we're going to show you that the armor in the Mandalorian, here is the equal to that in the Tusken Raider civilization yes. in the Ralph McQuarrie art. So Adam, your, your thoughts on some of those things we just unpacked right there. Yeah, I I like that they've gone uh, with a different tribe of Tuscans here, and that they've they've indicated that the the Tatooine is covered um, or is populated by different tribes. I think um, in the Mandalorian, I started to get just a little bit, you know, tinges of of boredom with the monotonous design of, you know, the Tuscans, everyone being the same, you know, after we, we saw the, the episode, episode one of last season where they team up to fight uh, yeah. the great dragon. And we had another episode where there's a couple of them. Um, so I'm glad to see, uh, to see a new tribe with a new look, uh, which hopefully means lots of uh, action figures. And I, I hope that in the future they will play this up. I hope that, you know, the next time we see another group, they will be a different style, you know, yet as well. Because uh, living in uh, Vietnam and Cambodia, I was very interested in all the tribes. Um, I would go, you know, on exploring little personal adventures 
and I'd just pick a spot on the map where I'd never been, and I'd, I'd go to try to visit um, the, the different villages, the different tribes, and I would collect the baskets. I, there were two things I liked, well, several things I liked to collect. The baskets they'd wear on their backs when they'd go out into the jungle to like scavenge things. Um, and I would collect the big jars of rice wine that they made, which I like to drink. Um, and uh, I, would, I would collect um, their musical instruments uh, also. I, and I wanted to collect their clothing, but I could never find anybody with clothing that they wanted to sell. The other stuff was easier. But the reason why I liked these things was they were like, I think there was officially like 80 tribes in Vietnam, um, but in re those were just the official ones. In reality, it was probably a couple hundred different tribes, mostly in the mountains. Um, and but each one there, they they all wore baskets on their back, but each one had a different weaving pattern. Um, uh, where they do ornamental things just in the weaving and the design of the basket. Each one, each tribe had a different style of clothing. Each tribe, their musical instruments were a little bit different. Their rice wine tasted different. You know, they'd use different herbs mixed in. So there's all these fine little differences. So they've, they've started with that, with these, uh, but I'd like to see even more, you know, and that's, that takes budget you know, budget yeah. and time to pay attention to those details. But I know in the prequels, George Lucas was conscious of that and did make an effort with every culture, you know, to all these minor details with props and costumes, you know, the costumes were amazing in the prequels. So I hope they will continue down that road, um, even to where they built the, the Banthe, the, uh, what do you call it, this, the gaffy stick. Yeah. Um, in the real world, um, every tribe would have a different style to their stick. They would maybe have different ends or, you know, you, we saw how they were carving. He was carving the pattern at the, yeah. the round thing there, which I, that was great that I thought that they were being authentic and detailed. But every tribe should have a different, you know, a different pattern, different design. So I hope they go that creative with future incarnations of these guys. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to think that as much as Boba Fett wants to be a crime lord and bring the crime families together, I think in his back pocket, he might be the guy who brings all the different Tuscan tribes together to have mm -hmm. as his go-to. They're going to be the people running Tatooine for him. You know, like he said, these are, these are people right. who were there originally. So to have them be his, his right-hand men on that or be a part of that. So um, I'll jump right into the Kami Fixer Tashi Station part of it. Alpha, you've been talking about it for a while that they were going to bring back those deleted characters from the New Hope original trilogy, you know, episode. And sure enough, there they were. And uh, I will bring this up. Willie Harms, one of our great uh, listeners and followers, sent me a direct message. And he said, you know, a while back, I had sent you a message talking about, and I think Steve Lawson and I talked about this, about apparel in Star Wars and apparel in the Star Wars shows. And he said, I wonder if we're going to see any more real world kind of apparel. And he said, sure enough, we see the, uh, the Nikto miners uh, basically looking like the Sons of Anarchy. You know, they, they looked like, you know, they had vests on and, and you know, they look like bikers, right? And on their swoop riders. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, Alfie. If you pay really close attention to their cuts, 
they have what it's almost identical to a Grogu on the back of his jacket. No way. Yeah. Uh, you go frame by frame on this, don't you? Sometimes. <laughs> Do these guys ever sleep? Like, man, that's amazing. Like, to be able to put that kind of detail in, that's something else. I mean, it's a blink. You have to know to look for it. Because there's only one scene, really, where the main guy turns around and is bent over to where you can see the back of his cut. Well, I'll have to go back and look at that. But I, I then, thought it was well done to put all that together. To put yeah, the attention of detail to go back to a deleted scene and remake Tashi Station, you yeah. know, to the T like that. That was pretty amazing. Um, I know people talk a lot about humor in Star Wars. And, and there's been humor that hits and there's been humor that doesn't hit. But I really enjoyed Boba Fett trying to train the Tuscan Raiders on the swoops. I mean, not only just going in reverse, but the, 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 the Pratt falls and everything else. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that was some really well-placed humor that wasn't over the top, but it, it hit its, it hit its mark right there. So. I agree. And D doc, you got to talk about the swoops. What's that? Sorry. I had to run away for a second. Oh, you're fine. D doc. You got to talk about the speeder bikes and what oh my you pointed God. out. They reminded me of Shadows of the Empire, the, the N64 game. <clears throat> and there was one there was one level on it where I uh, I could never beat it as a kid, but I just I hated remember. that level. Yeah. And the only the only way I ever got to play that level was if I went to one of my friends' house who was able to beat IG88, because I could never freaking beat him. I know Impossible. all the other levels from friends who could beat him. I still can't beat him to this day. I'll turn on my N64 still. I'll do the train level, which that reminded me of the train in this episode as well, because, you the, you know, Shadows of the Empire had that level where you had to jump train to train. I, I don't know. I catch some Shadows vibes, and you guys know that a lot better than me, but I don't know. I, I, I just feel something about that era in that N64 game, the reason I know it. I, I just catch a feel from yeah. that in this show. I definitely do. Definitely do. Nick, did you have something I saw you, or well, you point at that? The the continuity wouldn't make sense, but at the same point, now that they've deemed everything legends, part of me wants to know, like, could we get a, like, we got it in Bad Batch where you saw Darth Maul working with the syndicates. Um, and, you know, he was with the, I can't remember what their species was called, but the Prince Zizor. Yeah. Uh, gosh, it, Black Sun, right? Or yeah. maybe Faline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Faline is the species, but Black Sun. That's it. And what and I'm that, wondering. Yeah. Could there be a payoff in this if we're writing new canon now where you get a Prince size or a cameo? Because I agree with you, D-Duck. I was watching it going, gosh, I remember playing this game where you're flying around on these swoop bikes on Tatooine and how much fun that was. How much are they trying to recreate and rewrite some of this stuff? I, maybe that's too much of a stretch, but I would love to see something like that too where you see these crime syndicates come back and you get this Prince Zizor character that comes back that's now pissed that Boba Fett's sitting on the throne of Bib Fortuna. Look, the, you've got a full plethora of, of things to choose from. And, and the, Shadows of the Empire is one of the ones that I think you can pluck things right out of. Go ahead, Alfie. To follow up to Nick, we're already doing flashbacks with mm -hmm. Boba Fett. Why couldn't he flash back to that you know, Shadows of the Empire time when he's trying to get 
solo to job of the hut i mean this is a perfect place to start building on that story mm-hmm. and i would love you know bringing up prince zizor zizor however you say it for there to be like the end of solo payoff to this series where you find out that maybe boba's working for somebody else you know once he retakes tatooine and has it stable you know kind of that darth maul moment in solo like hey there's just a little bit more you're going to want to watch it in season two um let, let's let's jump to okay we 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 got the train stopped after after boba trained them on the swoops um the the very cool tuscan raider was awesome in helping him stop that we had the great uh droid who was the engineer um like adam said seeing the pikes and having them take their mask off and everything very cool i i like that all that was going on um i loved boba's comments where the sands are no longer free there's a toll to be paid to pass so now the tuscan raiders are benefiting you know for for being those you know people who who take care of that land there and and monitor it um so i think there's a lot of things that could happen with this uh with with that happening in in the tuscan raiders being involved one thing that stood out to me is small but i didn't know what to call these things in the last episode but the black melons and boba fett saying you would survive on their milk um you know instead of having water did that blow you guys away that it's milk in there and that they're black melons that are under the sand? Yes, no. Thank yeah, I, I the, when I saw those, I thought, are those something that I'm supposed to know what these are already? Like, have these been seen in the past in Star Wars? So, like, have they been in, in Star Wars? In the Wars Mandalorian. Previously? Yeah, yeah. See, I don't even remember seeing them in Mando, yeah. which is funny. In season two, in that first episode, the when he one. gives it to Cobb Vant, yep. and Cobb Vant takes it and kind of like spits it, right? Because he thinks it's gross. Now, here's my only continuity thing. In the first episode of Book of Boba, remember when he goes out with the Tuscan kid and the Tuscan kid goes to hit him and he catches the stick and he's like, I need some water. You know, like he's essentially saying it's water, but then they say it's milk. Not that it really matters because who cares? But at the yeah, same yeah. point, you know. They also called the train a long speeder. You know, it could just be a translation thing. Adam, with, with you again with your background, I think you hit a key point on the, the baskets and the, and the instruments for the different tribes. You've seen so many things and so many different things eaten in your life in, in the Far East. Seeing those people <laughs> dig those things out from under the ground, pop them open and drink the milk out of them. Have you seen some weird things like that before where people survive in those tribes off of? Um, I'm not personally seen anything like uh, water like that, um, but uh, for moisture, uh, but I've definitely seen a lot of strange things eaten and I've eaten them myself. Um, but one of the things things that I really enjoyed, though, was um, going out with my friends into the countryside um, and them showing me which plants uh, to eat, because I, you know, being being a foreigner, you know, I had no idea looking at things, whether it was poisonous or safe. 
um you know and some of the the fruits were really strange um like uh, there are these tiny little orange spheres on uh vines and they almost like they were so bright they glowed and they but they were inside of like this basket that looked like a spider web and my friend showed it to me and it turns out it's it i think it's a kind of passion fruit um but just really you know really tiny um there were other things that looked like um like tiny bell peppers um and i i think they must be related to a persimmon you know but they were bright bread and they looked like they would have been poisonous um but all, all these different things um you know when i my friends would catch uh, frogs, uh, toads, actually, uh, in rainy season, all the toads would come out and run and they the toads were weird they'd walk on their four legs, uh, like a crab, uh, they didn't jump and they they just throw them all in a pot and, uh, you know, boil them and they just take them out and they're you know when they're cooked they're all bloated like a ball you know with oh little gosh. little tiny little feet sticking out of this this round ball, and they just cut make a slit pull the stomach out and then they eat the whole thing oh, um and you know so i i'd see all these kind of weird stuff um and some of it was gross some of it was disgusting um but some of it turned out to be good uh like i really enjoyed uh, eating frogs for one thing grilled frogs are you know one of my favorite things now um so yeah uh the tribes do some weird stuff um and <laughs> they eat some revolting stuff sometimes. <laughs> so that's very realistic. And I appreciate that when I, I, I used to write um, stories for starwars.com. It was like um, imagining a day on Tatooine or imagining a day on Endor or, or different things like that. And um, they, I kind of skirted to see, we weren't allowed to make up you know canon stories for the website but i kind of skirted around it by making it a theoretical but i would try to work in these kinds of things these kinds of experiences like eating weird gross stuff um i think i think they've changed it since but i i like um i think on my endor story i had I had the reader eating like like a barbecued rat because rat's something that I had eaten, you know, when I was in Vietnam, and um, you know, I described that it had it tasting tasting of burnt hair and a little bit of feces, you know, because they hadn't cleaned the intestinal tract out well enough. Um, so I got the only mention of feces on uh, the StarWars.com <laughs> website. I think it's been since scrubbed, um, but yeah, so fun, fun stuff like that. I like the authenticity of having some gross things because in the real world's not all politically correct. You know, there's, you know, some, yep. sometimes other cultures do stuff and it's, it's, it may, it may on the one hand seem gross because we're not used to it, but on the other hand, it may be gross and we may do some gross things too. Um, that's just the way the world is. The world's a colorful place. I like, I like, like you said, they mix that in to where you can see it and, and feel the culture in, in things like this. Let, let's get, let's get to um, probably the part that everybody's like, what just happened here? Um, when he gives him the gift of the lizard and the lizard goes up his nose and then he goes on his journey and we, we've already talked about him making his gaffy stick, but 
the journey and, and becoming part of the tribe and all that. And then the lizard pops back out of his nose. Uh, I, I like when he goes, oh, I think I might have swallowed it, little bugger. You know, um, just such good, such good uh, story there. And it's not something like I watched it and I was like, did, did that just happen? Did I just watch this in the Star Wars? You know, um, so you guys, I'll let you run with it. Give me some of your thoughts on some of that in psychedelic kind of journey kind of part right there. One thing that I thought of when seeing this, how do you know any of this has happened? You know, he goes on this journey and I get it, but it's like he just got out of the Sarlacc pit. He's covered in acid. He's wandering around the desert. You know, did any of this really happen? I know it did, but it was just a thought I had, you know, but yeah, I loved this journey. All the symbolism of him coming out of the Sarlacc in that tree, you know, finding the stick, making his way back. And this was like the fifth opportunity he had to escape, but he still came back to the tribe. Yeah, I, I I also thought one thing that kind of caught me in the feels was um, when he was having that flashback when he was looking out the window at Django's ship going. And, you know, like for him, he's just a kid and his dad's like going to work kind of like I know that was just like a short little clip, but I kind of like watching it a second time. I was like, you know, he was just a kid and he didn't know whether what his dad was doing was bad or not. And he like he has the pain of witnessing his dad getting killed like and he can't let go of it like it's definitely something that he just carries with him and and i think we're gonna still see more of that throughout this series like they're, they're letting mm -hmm. you know that he can't get over the past and with his dad dying like that definitely hurt him yep nick or adam any thoughts on the psychedelic tree lizard segment go ahead nick yeah you know what i thought twofold d doc i agree i think that that psychedelic scene is one of the most well put together and yet at the same point one of the things that like I was watching going what is happening right now like what is what is like even like how they're fading his face into like different things like it was just so well put together that I was like this is so well put together that I don't even care that it doesn't really make sense what's happening uh, and then at the same point the lizard going up the nose one caught me off guard and it gave me such like matrix vibes where they put the little shrimp like in his belly button. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. it's going to guide you and we're going to be able to see like where you're at and what you're doing. And to me, it was like, again, what I appreciate about the show is that I don't feel like we've got anything in recent history that's like made Star Wars weird. And this feels very mm -hmm. weird. And yet I'm totally all about it. And so sure, they, you know, put something inside of him or, you know, this little lizard and then they call the lizard back and the lizard jumps into the little uh you know crate again and comes right back i just thought it was a really cool uh like they didn't have to do that they could have just like given him a drink or something like that but to have this little lizard jump up into his nose it's just that alien lore that i think we love uh that i thought was really cool especially for tuscan raiders 
I have a question on it too. Uh, do you know what the eyes were in the trees? Were those supposed to be Jawa eyes or like, that was one thing where like, once all those little eyes started popping up, I'm like, maybe, maybe it's like almost like uh, flashbacks of Jawas in the shadows or whatever or something. Well, their eyes are yellow though, aren't they actually? Tat Tatooine Jawas are, are yellow eyes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I don't, uh, the red eyes I found interesting. And I guess that tree is just, out there like it's a real tree because he got a branch from it is there one tree that you take this lizard and it leads you to that tree you know a good question alfie in the jedi quest novels anakin as a young boy goes to a tatooine tree they're extremely rare but they do exist on tatooine that's the title of the show by the way the tatooine tree i love that right there <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm old enough to have watched Star Wars Wrath of Khan, and I will tell you, Nick's computer just died. So, in case you guys see Nick mm -hmm. disappeared, um, but Wrath of Khan, when they put the the things in their ears, mm -hmm. that freaked me out. But to see it go up the nose didn't freak me out as much, but it definitely was <laughs> weird uh, to see that happen right there. Um, but I I loved. I loved all of it. I love the storytelling of it all. I think it was, again, enough action, enough drama, enough uh, psychedelic craziness, and then enough of becoming part of a family when he didn't have a family. He'd always been a loner, right? I mean, I know he tried to have a family during Clone Wars with the bounty hunters he was with, but come on, how, how much of a family can you have with those people? Um, so this, this was his first time since his dad was gone that he was really building a family relationship with people. So I thought that was really cool. Go ahead, Alfie. I loved him getting the robes and yes, becoming part of the tribe, you know, going through that um, sequence of movements with the gaffy stick and then them all imitating, you know, one at a time until they're all doing it. And it really hit me, you know, kind of in the feels there because there's gotta be a reason why he leaves. And comes across Fennec Shan in the desert. So, you know, we all kind of want him to have this secret Tuscan army in the desert, you know. But, man, is this deal with the Pikes going to go bad? Is there going to be something that, you know, yes, he's grounded now and has this family and has been accepted that makes him go back to kind of the ruthless Boba Fett? And I need to find my armor to, you know, get revenge on what was happened. That is a very good question. I mean, we could be, we could be, this could be one of the deepest, darkest series or, or things we've had in Star Wars. Because um, it's definitely not a kid show. I mean, kids can enjoy it, but I don't think it's made. This is one where I could say, I'm not sure it's made for kids. There's not a Grogu waiting to happen. Right. Right. Well, if you think back to the Mandalorian episode when he was in the tragedy, he is so Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in that episode. Yes, he's a badass with the gaffy stick and then gets his armor and all that. And then is like also, on the other hand, says, hey, let's just put our weapons down and have a chat. You know, let's talk this out. Then says, hey, I got my armor back, but I gave you my word. So. I'll help you get the child back. It almost makes me thinking, you know, this 
story with the back to tank is he struggling between two Boba Fett's on which one he wants to be. That's very good. I mean, in six minutes of the original trilogy, we had this thought and then the expanded universe expanded on it that he was cold-blooded, cutthroat, just badass as can be, and that he didn't have really a, a good side of him, right? Everything was just, it's all about credits. It's all about getting your bounty, end of story. But when Lucas reworked that in the prequels, right? And now the Mandalorian reworked it again. I, I think Disney, Favreau, Filoni, all, Rodriguez, uh, they're all taking the turn to say, we're making this guy the, the, the character we want to make him. And I, I think it can be a mixture of all of it. But you're right. I think he's split. I think he's, he's a loner who wants a family who has been living a certain lifestyle for a long time because his dad was killed right in front of him and he didn't have anything else except revenge in his heart. And now he's, he's seeing things in a different way. So could, could go in any different way. And you're right. They could be setting up that his group gets slaughtered by the Pikes or by another Tuscan group or something. And he's on his own by the time Mando and Cobb Vance show up. It could be any and any and all above. So any other random thoughts as I'm just spewing Star Wars stuff here? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I have another random thought about this series. Go ahead. I, it's not necessarily about this episode, but the flashbacks really get me thinking. Are him up until those episodes in The Mandalorian? Because the trailers show him getting his ship back. And in Mando, he said, I've been tracking you. And he knew Cobb Vance had his armor. That's where Mando got it from. So could we see, you know, almost, you know, a day behind the Mandalorian in some of these flashbacks? Sorry, I'm stuck on mute. I, I think so. I, I mean, I, I'm oh, open. To... <laughs> I was like, why isn't anybody talking? Wait, I was, I kept trying to click my <laughs> mute and it wouldn't undo. Um, I, I think all that's possible and, and I'm open to all of it. I mean, if, if you say, hey, uh, he is, you know, he's a day behind him here when he's with uh, Toro or whatever and, and Phoenix Shan and then boom, the next day he's there and, uh, you know, boom, and he starts following him around. I'm open to all of it. And, and I want to see it all. And if it leans, we lead right up to that uh, scene where he is meeting up with him and getting his armor back and all that. Great. I, I think that would be a great way to finish it. But I'm open to all of it. I, I think this series, in two episodes already, I've seen a lot of people complaining. I want this. I want that. You know what? We all want lots of things. But <laughs> just let this one breathe. Because I think there's a lot of potential in this in this show. And... You know, take it, take it for what it's worth. Everybody wanted that Boba Fett movie years ago. Take this because I think it's going to be better than what that movie would have ever. Way better. Been. Yeah. So this mm. was some of the deepest, you know, Star Wars we have ever seen as far as getting into a culture and their beliefs and their yep. practices and just building a world. We've always seen the Tuscan Raiders from 
you know, the outsider's perspective. Now we're seeing it from inside the tribe. Yep. Agreed. Adam, any, any thoughts from you on some of this? So now that we've gone through all the, the whole episode, any, anything that you think it's leading us a certain way or just random thoughts we didn't hit on from the episode? Well, um, yeah, I was trying to think of, you know, what's next now because they kind of, um, they wrap, up this chapter of his time with uh, the Tuscans. So, you know, what's next? Are we going to now have the next episode focus on him and Moss Espo with the huts? You know, or are we going to continue these um, flashbacks? I, I think we will have more. I don't know whether we'll have them in the next episode or not. Um, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think the next move is uh, to show show his life uh, with the Tuscans at peace. Um, kind of that, you know. This is this 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 show borrows from uh, a lot of uh, things. There's, I've seen the Lawrence of Arabia comparisons um, and Dances with Wolves comparisons. Um, there's a little bit, just a little bit of Wild West with that uh, train in it. Um, so yeah, if, if if some of those things are models, you know, you can look at the story where it goes next after you know after the outsider, you know, is at peace and equality uh, with with the tribe uh, to see what happens next, maybe. Every time I'm talking now, I forgot I put myself on mute. Um, so a couple of things popped up. One, um, will we see or will we hear anything about Omega in this series? Two, there's been filming of a de-aged Harrison Ford in with things with Indiana Jones, but they're saying also could be with this. Uh, so we see anything of that. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up was, and I've been thinking about this, Phoenix Shan was in the Bad Batch. So Phoenix Shan, you know, she's older than in, you know, Star Wars time. She's older than Boba Fett. Um, so are we going to, in the season two of Bad Batch, see a teenage Boba Fett at some point in time cross paths or meet up with Phoenix Shan? Is Bad Batch and Boba and Mando all going to wrap in together with Omega, Boba, Finnick, all having some tie-ins in any of those? What are you guys' thoughts on, on any of that stuff as we, as we move forward? Go ahead, Alf. Well, like we talked before, it all revolves around Filoni, and he loves to tie it all together. And actually, in this episode, when Boba is or tells the pikes that they can go if you really listen the music that is playing is omega's theme from the bad batch but see this is why you get silence after you say stuff sometimes <laughs> alfie it's because like exactly. it, it's like in uh I, it reminds me of the one episode of spongebob where it goes to patrick's brain and just shows milk spilling because like that's what happens when you say some of this stuff i'm like sitting there just like Damn, he's right. <laughs> wow. I'm going to go back and listen to that. But yeah, I, I think so. I, 
why couldn't you see, you know, Omega in this series at some point? Why not? It's space wizards, you know, you can do pretty much anything. It makes sense. It could yeah. make sense. And also, we're talking about a Boba Fett who wants and needs a family, feels like he has it with the Tuscan Raiders, but could really have it by having his sister, who's, you know, an exact, basically, DNA clone of him and his father. Mm. Um, I, I think that would be a very cool way to make this all come together. And talking about Harrison Ford and all this stuff and who could be filming, who could be making, I was thinking about this today. Cause that's just what I do is I think about star Wars, you know, you have Filoni and Favreau, you know, in charge of all this running all of this Favreau made two movies, complete movies, accusing one human actor. You know, how many people did that really take, you know, to film that stuff? He with, he's got the experience working with the volume he can pretty much make anything he wants with a limited number of people in a limited no- amount of time. I, I'll buy in on that. First of all, what were the two movies he did with the one person? The Lion King and the Jungle Book. Oh, okay. Okay. I have not watched either one of those. Well, they were all made using you know the volume technology, and there's only one human actor in the Jungle Book. Okay. Um, good. A, a note. A, a note I had written down though, with you bringing up that topic, was pre-planning, and it it, it makes me think: Did mm-hmm. Filoni have this plan with Boba getting that? You know, the the Tuscan Raiders giving him his um robes and everything, because I mean that's what he shows up in in Mando season two. Like in Mando season two, when he showed up, did there were they already just sitting there laughing? Like we already know about this scene in Book <laughs> of Boba Fett, and you guys have no clue, you know? Because yeah. that's what gets me excited about this is it's like I feel like yeah. there's just such great leadership with these shows, and they're and I feel like they care and they have a bigger picture view. And they're not, well, let's just retcon this and kind of try to figure that out. It's like, no, we have this plan and this is how we're going to do it, you know? Yep. I like it. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we've gone, you know, we've gone for about an hour and a half here. I don't want to keep you guys any longer. We, for a 50 minute show, we, we kind of hammered it out here and went through a lot of different things. I'll start with, with our good friend, Adam, Adam, any closing thoughts, any thoughts of things you want to hit on? Anything related to Star Wars? Anything related going on with you or the Book of Boba Fett as we as we close things down? Um. Well, it's it's been fun with uh, this show. Uh, we had Bad Batch last year. There there wasn't a lot going on with the. Uh, I mean when you compare the years past where there was nothing, you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, my thought was when, when this show started, you know, that first episode, wow. You know, if, if little eight-year-old me had known that one day we, we finally could continue right where Return of the Jedi left off, you know, and Jabba the Hutt's palace and all that, you know, little eight-year-old me would just be, pee in his pants um so that that's exciting uh to put it in context and like um like uh was said uh you know seeing fennec shan walk 
through the front of the uh, palace like uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 did. That that was pretty cool. That was one of my favorite parts of the episode right right at the outset. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if they, they keep doing stuff like that, and I'm sure they will, um, they're going to hit the sweet spot. Um, I don't know what's what's do we have dates for the next star wars thing is is that is that um the kenobi or is that andor do we even know we 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 have not been officially told have we alfie no but i kenobi is on the you know let's speculate some more kenobi has been moved to the coming soon page on disney plus and everything that Mm -hmm. it's with comes out in the next month i think okay all right okay so that might be next kenobi might be next we don't know we'll probably find out in the last episode of book of boba fett yeah so um adam again people can always track you down at on twitter at author adam bray what are some other ways people can get with you to get either marvel or star wars things you've written or worked on yeah, uh, Facebook uh, and Twitter and Instagram, it's it's all the same handle at Author Adam Bray. I have a website, uh, adambray.com, that's uh, more informational. Um, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to order signed books, you can contact me through any any of those um, venues. Um, and if you'd like to see uh, new editions of my books, um, uh, you know, a lot of my Star Wars and, you know, Marvel, they, they're all very much in need of updates. Um, you know, all yes. of the Marvel Studios visual guide, um, the, the uh, character encyclopedia, ultimate Star Wars, um, Star Wars visual dictionary, you know, all yes. those books, uh, they need an update, but there's nothing on the schedule as far as I know. So if you want new editions with this Boba Fett content and the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch and the rest of Rise of Skywalker and all that stuff, um, please, 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 um, you know, tweet out to DK Publishing tweet out to um to the lucasfilm people on social media i i i don't usually give you know give his name out but it but it is public he's right there you know michael seglane is you know the 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 editorial director at lucasfilm publishing so tweet to him tweet to the the dk handle you know all any anyone connected say hey we want to see a new edition and we want to see adam bray on that book um your your tweets and your support do help and they do make these books happen um you know also buying them they've got to know that you know they're still financially rewarding so you know ideally get them for me um but um yeah do do that we will we will definitely do that i'll tell you i've got i've got some of your work one signed and and some others that i had purchased at different places Uh, i plan on uh, i plan on personally tweeting those people right away because I want updated things on Rebels, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, all those kind of things. You can count on that. Uh, Adam, we loved having you. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of the show. And uh, we've talked about it. We, we I've wanted got to a be... second head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, one of the cats. Um, we, <laughs> we talked to Gloss and Rythan and a few other people. 
we definitely uh, like this summer want to make it to where we get uh, some of these Star Wars podcasters and authors and things together somewhere. And we want to make you included and have you do some book signings and things like that uh, with a bunch of followers and listeners. I think that would be a blast. So we'll keep, we'll keep yeah, working on that. And all of us will keep talking and we'll figure out a plan, but thank you again for coming Alfie or, or DDoc, any closing thoughts from you on book of Boba Fett episode two. I'll go real quick. I'll just say that I think we're in for a wild ride with this show. I think for that to be episode two is freaking amazing. And also, I want to say, Joe, I'm really digging the glasses. I think you might need to stick around <laughs> with those for the episodes. I don't know. I've gotten very used to seeing you wear those. Well, like you know what? Count, count on them for the episodes. I will tell you, my son told me, he was like, you know, different guys pull off different vibes. And he was like, because they're yellow, you could really wear them day or night around places. He said, I'm kind of feeling that's your thing. People will see you and be like, oh, yeah, it's the yellow sunglasses guy. Yellow is my favorite color. That's why I went with them. I know that's weird. Sorry. Uh, I guess I need to get a Ray lightsaber so I can have that to match up with it. But thank you for the compliment. Diff, hey, Diff, we want sunglasses for all of our hosts and guests. So listen up and, and get those to us. Uh, Alfie, any closing thoughts from you? Listen here, Rocket Man. I love this show and I cannot wait to see where it goes. It's... I, I've said it multiple times tonight. It's some of the best Star yep. Wars content. And I hope the other series, you know, continue to build on this uh, kind of formula. Just these deep dives into things. I agree. And uh, one last thing. you We had talked in our chat about New Year's resolutions of Star Wars fans. And yes. I have one. I'm I'm going to commit to this. I am no longer just going to pass by those Landos on the shelves. You're going to buy them I, all up? I'm not going to buy all of them. I'm at least going to buy one of each one of them. Okay. Because I cannot stand to see them, and they're never going to leave until they're bought. Nope. Nope. I, I saw two Landos and um oh my god I'm drawing a blank on his name from Mandalorian uh, the little guy Quill the little guy who yeah oh, yeah <laughs> Quill, Quill and two Landos I'm just like they're just sitting there yeah the, the Walmart by funny. me they keep they're... getting more Landos they have to be <laughs> yeah. getting other figures yeah. somewhere go ahead Adam my, no mine mine has uh six black series landos and um two or three uh vintage collections so you know and i've i own some already but you know i suppose i could buy another opener or something you could do that you could do that i will tell you guys it's always been my pleasure and honor to host thank you guys thanks for putting up with my scientist stuff going on um i am i'm presently working on uh, some t-shirt and hat stuff. I'll give updates on that. And, and if we can get them out and start selling those, I will let you know for rule of the galaxy. Uh, heck, maybe we'll just do a, a Lando black series hanging on a peg as a t-shirt. Uh, that'll, that'll be good. That'll fly. But guys, thank you as always. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our followers. Uh, chapter 118 in the books, um, book of Boba Fett episode two and uh, the Tatooine tree is definitely the title. Uh, follow us at rule the galaxy sw on twitter rule the galaxy sw at gmail.com just rule the galaxy at facebook and youtube and until next week may the force be with you